Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the FBL Hangover Podcast, where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. Game week two has nearly come to an end. Man City and Wolves are just seeing it through. That should be finished shortly, but we have plenty of other things to talk about this week. Budget strikers have had a bit of a ball this weekend, so much so that even Seamus and I have managed to get in on the action but all in all, a week to forget. But them's the breaks, kids. And speaking of breaks, he's had his cut and he is hurtling head first towards a busy intersection. There's women and children everywhere. He's screaming, get out of the way, move, move. He can only be going in one direction. That is Wildcard City and he is my podcast partner in crime. Seamus, how are you getting on, my friend? I'm okay. As you can see here on the YouTube clip, I'm relaxing on the beach. Yes. So I've managed to calm my soul a bit. Uh, I've kind of picked up a few points in the last on Sunday and today. So I'm, I'm in. I'm not. I'm in a bad position in FPL, but I'm not. I'm not absolutely decimated. Yeah, you've been. You've had a pretty busy week at work, but yeah, as you said, your background would <clears throat> tell a lie. It's uh, all sunshines. Uh, how are you feeling? Now that Game Week 2 is coming to an end, are you you looking forward to Game Week 3? Are you still focusing on 2? Like, what's kinda, what's dragging your attention? Um, It's a weird one. I am happy to see the back of Game Week 2 because there were so many points on offer. Uh, I remember counting by between Saturday and Sunday's games, 39 goals in 8 games. I had a hand in 3 of those. <laughs> Felt like I could. There was a lot more opportunity to to grab some more. If you had Son alone, you would have beaten that. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of high scoring players this weekend. One of those is a player I sold, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel you, Seamus. I'm in the exact same position. We both got stung by our transfers this week. Um, me a little bit more so. I was one of the unlucky FPL managers who transferred out Son for Bruno Fernandez. Now. There's lots of worse managers, uh, or not worse managers, but uh, managers who were in worse situations than myself, who maybe took hits for the for that same move, or, or worse. I've seen a few Mane, Ing, and uh, Ings and Son minus eights floating around. That's got to really sting. But yeah, you did. You transferred out Mane. He banged a brace. I transferred out Son. We all know what he did. And uh, now we... You know, we we smile and we bear it and we move on, Seamus. Oh, I thought we wallow for a while. Not no? this season. Move straight on. Moving on. Moving, Moving on. on. What what what? So just to to recap, that was twenty four points for Sun, sixteen for Mane, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Sixteen for Mane and twenty four for Sun. Twenty four is probably the most I've ever suffered uh, from a transfer out. I was only thinking, you know, before we hit record and. Yeah, that's probably up there with my biggest ever, like, losses uh, or hits. You know, for just a single transfer, at least. Because I don't remember ever transferring out a player who scored four goals before. And all in all, it didn't really... I don't know if 5-2 really reflected the, you know, the entire match. At least um, it flattered Spurs a little bit, if you ask me. But we can break that down a bit more. Let's uh, get to your team, Seamus, and... You scored a massive 48 this week. Uh, how are you feeling about that, man? Yeah, one point less than last week. Uh, not not very good. Mitrovic saved my bacon. He got me 12 points up front. Uh, my two other strikers, Werner and Vardy. Vardy did not a whole lot. He played okay. Um, but didn't, like, he was the OG, I think that... Uh, Leicester scored I think it was Peters that was coming straight towards Vardy another day he gets that he scores maybe um, he assisted the assister for Harvey Barnes first goal uh, only goal I, I should say um, so you know he was kind of in a good position I wanted him to shoot that Captain Aubameyang no luck with uh, same Maximan so that's the same one so he looks like a problem though he went off injured my transfer in Manny to Bruno nothing no, I was not expecting Palace to beat uh, United. Uh, seven points for Alexander-Arnold. Everyone has him. Justin with a nice uh, seven points as well. And today, probably the highlight of my week, 
no, the highlight of my week was definitely uh, Mitrovic, actually. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the because he's the only one that got double digits for me. But uh, the highlight of my week was second highlight of my week was probably uh, at Target getting five points today against Sheffield United for Aston Villa. Yeah. Considering he got a yellow card for giving away a penalty to see them miss said penalty. And who knew Lundstrom was on penalties? I didn't. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a, a nice five pointer just to. It's still a red arrow. I was the, the one thing about this week was I was like, at least I'm not going to get a red. I'm starting at 2.6 million or 2.7 million. <laughs> going to be very hard to get a red. Still managed it. So, yeah, no, I mean, it was a bit of an unlucky week for Vardy owners, I think. I'm with you there now. Obviously, I'm delighted because I don't have Vardy. And he, this Burnley match or something, I was definitely, you know, it was a behind the couch kind of match for me. And, uh, when Leicester score four goals, you're expecting Vardy to get some attacking returns. I think, as you mentioned, he was quite unlucky at times uh, not to. But, you know, fuck it, Seamus. You can't have everything. You got your Mitrovic. He was one of the many six-point odd or, you know, just cheap forwards throughout the game week who delivered. You're looking at the likes of Bamford. He got a, a pretty big haul for Leeds. DCL, I suppose, like, we can count... Uh, Calvert-Lewin as as a kind of cheap forward, you know, seven point five, isn't he? And yeah, it's seven. I think he's just seven point oh. He's up to what seven point two now. I think he's gone up and up and up. But yeah, four goals in two games. Yeah, hat trick scored from a a hat trick scored from a combined distance of about seven yards. One of those kind of Dirk Coit hat tricks where he just gets two goals within like a yard of the the goal line and another one on the six yard line. So yeah. Fair play to him, and I really, really wish I had him. And we actually said it last week on the pod. We said, how about James? Are we looking at James? And I don't know where we finished on it, but I was kind of saying, I think it looks better for the likes of a Charles. You said James. Are you talking about James Rodriguez? You can't say James. That's like there is far too many (laughs) uh, reasons to not say James. James... You can even call him Seamus Ella, J-Rod. You know, there's lots of things. But James, I, that's throwing me right off, Seamus. Yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Maybe I'm disappointed with him. Because <laughs> I was calling him Ames all last week. Yeah, Ames, I'm going to revert back to Ames. Yeah, I, I thought he had a great score. So if he got on to him this week, fair play. We were d- debating him last week. He looked super sharp. And uh, yeah, I kind of was like, I think he'll do better for the players around him. Now, he's still got a goal and an assist he looked really good he's kind of persuading me you know he's got the shot outside the box he was on his assists came from a corner uh but i still think dcl for you know 7 million 7.2 is the cheapest of yeah. all of them is the guy to go we actually for. have a question from our sister podcast as they like to be known uh drew writes in and asks are everton the real deal or have they just played spurs and a 10-man west bromwich albion West Brom, we're doing okay till the red and Palace, Brighton and Poole. Next three won't be too easy. Would you still invest in Everton right now or is it chasing points? What are your thoughts on that? I'd invest in him. I'd invest in him with two nice fixtures um, coming up. Crystal Palace have started really well. They've won their first two games, including beating United. I think um, that'll be a tougher game. And uh, there's that definitely a large element of truth to what Drew's saying there. They beat Spurs. Spurs are not terrible. You know, they're not amazing. They may have smashed Southampton. I think this is saying a lot about how poor Southampton were. They played a very high line. It just was exposed by Harry Kane's like true ball ability and Son's pace. Just That's terrible not a sentence decision. I imagined we'd be saying very often. Harry Kane's <laughs> true ball ability. I know, but he turned into like prime Trent Alexander-Arnold's, you know, at, at stages in that game, finding these lovely balls true. And with the high line, you know, they, they, they punished him. And that's Southampton's you know, poor tactics or Hasenhutl maybe definitely weren't carried out correctly. But yeah, I think they'll have a, they won't get that against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, you know, like to sit and counterattack themselves with fast players like uh, Zaha. I think it'd be tougher. But that's the thing with with these games. You can't predict. You know, West Brom were doing well until the red card. As soon as it happened, I actually turned off the game at that point because I was like, this is only gonna this is only gonna go one way now because West Brom are poor enough. They don't need to be on to ten men and their manager sent off and. Yeah, so it transpires, you know, they, they got the goals. Um, Richarlison, three assists. He's someone who's very interesting. If it wasn't for the fact that um, 
Cavaloon is just finishing all these chances and getting into great positions in the box and is looking a lot more effective in the the six eighteen yard kind of area. Yeah, see, I think um, I I'd be looking like you him. mentioned these yeah, looking more effective and Richardson looking interesting. As far as the as far as like I'm concerned, Calvert Loon has just taken all of the shine from Richardson in the sense that I know that Richardson can be dropped back to left wing and can play much deeper, and it's not necessarily the case for DCL. Everything seems to be aimed at him, and Ancelotti doesn't seem to have any intention of you know replacing him right now which is the big kind of that's like that's a massive stake for this stage of the you know this stage of the season a 7 point odd 7.1 7.2 million striker playing for an Everton team that have uh, looked pretty reinvigorated regardless of their defensive woes which I suppose we'll move on to um, attacking wise they looked all about it this weekend so I mean, for me, if I'm rating, you know, what Everton assets I want, I'd go on DCL number one, just because there's a spot in, you know, the striker positions for a 7.0 striker. And, uh, yeah. um, Yeah, I think I agree. It's just, there's a lot of value with the cheap strikers. You mentioned Bamford earlier. Uh, Mitrovic is doing well. Malpe got another couple of goals and an assist as well. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I I think I'd like to go for cheap strikers. The more expensive ones, Vardy did the business last week, Kane, Unreal this week. All the strikers are scoring. I think I would like to, you could go without if you want to go. It's trying to determine what they're going to do next. And I just think whatever about um, whatever about their next fixture against Crystal Palace, uh, the game after as well is uh, is a great one. So I I don't think it's too late. And I think you can't say game week two is too late. We've missed them. Because if he's going to be three now, it's only seven game week three, man. Yeah, but if we've only missed two game weeks, then it's not uh, it's not too late. There's like 38 game weeks. I know you don't want it for 38 game weeks, but like, can we have a look at what his uh, his fixtures are like? Yeah, they've up? got you know they've Crystal Palace away, Brighton at home, and then they have that toughie against Liverpool, an away match against Southampton, and a home match against New or an away match against Newcastle. I don't know. I'm not too worried about Everton's fixtures in terms of like based on the form they've shown the last two I fancy them to yeah. win four out of those five matches um, yeah so do I Liverpool is the tough one but it's a derby so you never know what way it's gonna it's gonna go in that one I uh, I think I would go what uh, I'm thinking, what do you think about Dina Seamus like, uh, like yeah him. Very unlucky, yeah. sorry, they, but very unlucky not to return this weekend. He's, uh, you know, he's come out of it with what a point when he hit the bar with a free kick and uh, delivered in numerous crosses. So I'm like, for his managers, they'll be very disappointed. But I think he won't slow down people looking to invest in Everton defence do you get me I think he'll they'll still look at and anyone that's watched that match will realise the potential he has as an FPL player this year yeah and I like Coleman too he's only 5 million um, I was close to putting him in the starting uh, 11 this season at one stage until people started talking about John Joe Kenny probably going to get game time and that scared me off him and that hasn't transpired and Coleman's look very good so I think Coleman will continue to start and John Joe Kenny will only get like very few minutes um, but Dean is the guy Dean, Dina whatever you want to call him is the guy to go for his set pieces are amazing you saw his assist in the first game he got 12 points for for that um, by putting in a cross for Calvert-Lewin Calvert-Lewin's really good in the air so he's got target men to aim for and uh, I think as well like the goal that Keane got this week uh, he put that cross in for Richarlison, who nearly scored, and it was only the rebound. So he's still putting in these really trending balls. They look like they're going to be very dangerous from set pieces. And yeah, I think Dean is a is a great player. If it wasn't for the fact that the one player I was going to get for him, uh, get him for, would have been Matt Doherty. And Matt Doherty is playing Newcastle this week. Uh, I think I'd be considering that. Yeah, no, I get you. And in Hamid, er, yeah, now I'm stumbling over his name because if you call him James, <laughs> but uh, Hamid Rodriguez, like pretty much a massive talking point last week, massive talking point since he signed for Everton and uh, didn't, you know, kind of fail to deliver for his, for anyone who jumped on that boat kind of, you know, relatively early. Immediately, immediately rewarded. rewarded. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Um, I see those goals from distance are going to be 
you're not going to score them every week, you know. So, will he keep it up? I think for his price, he's worth uh, worth a, worth a chase. You know, I think he's worth chasing those points for a few games and see how he goes. But I don't know. I'm not going to go chasing all in on Everton now. Uh, maybe I should. I was considering it last week. Wanted to see. I'm pretty certain Calvert Lewin's going to play every game he can now. Um, at the start, I was small but worried that maybe Richarlison will get the odd game up front by himself with um, players either side of him. But no, I'm, yeah, uh, any any three of them, any of the three forwards, either of the two fullbacks, those would be good. Even the Corey could be good, but he has to be the poorest of of those uh, four forward players at the moment. They're all just on no, fire. I, can pre- I completely agree. Now, someone that we shared an interest in this weekend was Bruno Fernandes. You already touched on how poor United's performance was, but both of us sacrificing pretty big returns for a, you know, quite, like, it's quite a scary performance from an FPL manager's kind of point of view in the sense that now I'm, and not just an FPL manager, like a Man United fan, now I'm looking at Man United's next fixtures and I'm kind of thinking to myself, oh, this is maybe not the direction. Maybe this takes them a bit longer to warm up, which I suppose maybe I was a bit naive in thinking anything else, but uh, pretty limp dicked performance against uh, Crystal Palace and you couldn't have been too happy with those returns. Yeah, awful. I um, watched, I only got to saw the first half hour of that game before we had a match ourselves. On Saturday, so I went basically straight from finishing work and to to playing a match. So I got to see that 30 minutes and nothing happened in it. There was nothing of note apart from Crystal Palace scoring. Yeah. And then I just was hoping when I got home that, you know, United would have stepped it up. But no, they had lost 3-1. Fairly, fairly miserable. And watching the rest of the match highlights, it, there was nothing to suggest United were anyway good. By all means, Bruno's you know average position was very, very deep. Um, yeah, I'm I'm worried, and it just goes to show they don't have the depth past their starting eleven. Just a simple case of not playing one Basaka and not playing uh, Greenwood made a huge difference to the team. You know, all the both centre backs were shit, um, culpable for different mistakes at various times. Shaw was pretty useless. Yeah, I don't know what you can do. You know, De Gea saved the penalty, but then had to retake it. Uh, I don't think anyone was expecting Zaha to come out of the first two games with three goals. No, I definitely wasn't. And we did mention him in our kind of bonus episode last week, Missed Opportunities, we were talking about how all of a sudden, you know, he is playing in the position that he has had his most successful season in and he's back to being classified as a, a midfielder. So, And to add into that, just because I think it, it helps as well, for the first time in however many seasons, Milijevic is not playing. So now it turns out their penalty striker is probably Zaha. Well, Ayu took the first one, missed it, and then Zaha took it. So does that mean he's likely to be on the next penalty again? I think that's going to be kind of a big question mark, uh, whether or not he is on the next one. Because, I mean, Hodgson mentioned after the game that he didn't want to give the second penalty to Ayu. You know, because he had missed the first, does that mean that he's not going to want to give... Any of the other penalties to IU? Maybe. You know, a lot of teams have a policy that, you know, you're on penalties until you yeah. miss one. And as soon as you miss one, then you have to go back to the... It's rotated back around to the next guy, and it's his chance uh, to, to lose the spot. So could be something like that. Uh, if oh, if I thought Zaha was on penalties, I would be a lot more interested. I have to say that. But then again, Palace got very little penalties last year, but traditionally they get lots of them. Season before that, it, you know, key cornerstone of FPL was Zaha wins a penalty Milijevic sticks it so Zaha if he knows he's taking the penalties might be trying to win a, a small bit more if he's going to be at Crystal Palace that's the caveat of course we said last week maybe wait until the transfer window closes before getting him in but he might miss all these points yeah I mean maybe I don't know like Crystal Palace fixtures Everton this week uh, that'll be tough enough and then Chelsea away that'll also be kind of a tough one so I feel like I can, I can sit on Everton a little bit more than I can on the likes of uh, or not in Everton but on Crystal Palace a little bit longer but not so much on I mean, I was going to save this for later on, but while we're here, um, the Man City-Wolves match, I think we've talked about Wolves last week. West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, Crystal Palace in the next five. 
that's kind of the team I'm aiming towards, and I think I can. I'm probably going to target them ahead of Everton. Just kind of going back to to Drew's question, it's. Uh, I think I'd be targeting Wolves a little bit ahead of Everton. I, maybe it's because I do feel like I've missed the points a little bit, but uh, they also have some smashing fixtures coming up. And what's the current score in that City match, James? And don't lie and tell me you don't know. I know it's. I literally, as soon as you started talking about it, I said, I better switch over and check the score. It's now 2-1 to uh, Man City. So it's in injury time. There's only two minutes left. But Jimenez has got a goal. Pudence has got an assist. Um, Pudence, who's looked lively in this first half as well. Same prices, same maximum. So that's something I'm thinking of next week. Uh, but yeah, Jimenez, two weeks in a row. Um, second time, second goal Did of the season. Did you expect anything less? Against a good team. No, I expected exactly one goal from Jimenez today. Now, I didn't know what the result would be, but uh, yeah. Man City have looked good today. At least the parts I've seen first half. Looks like uh, Wolves have improved second half. So, yeah. I think uh, Jimenez is vying for a place in my team. The problem is, and it's for this reason, I'm glad I went with uh, three strikers, three playing strikers this season as opposed to two because I kind of feels like if I could have four strikers now, I may have them. Defense, just no team seems to be able to defend. It all seems to be about uh, goals at the minute. As I said, the first eight games of this uh, season resulted in how many... 39 goals so almost five goals a game there's four in the two games tonight so what's that 43 goals in 10 games that's a lot of goals you know it's a high average so yeah that's it looks like clean sheets have died especially for teams who haven't had a whole summer to prepare looks like maybe the teams who have had uh you know were defensively sound last year are kind of doing okay not sheffield united because they had a guy said they john egan was sent off today so I think that kind of goes away to saying that. But Aston Villa, who started, who ended the season quite good defensively, you know, kept a clean sheet today. But maybe, as you, you said, know, James, defenses are dead. Maybe like that seems to be the current uh, narrative uh, in at the moment. And you can't blame him, as you said, a shit ton of goals in the last couple of game weeks. And uh, I'm kind of glad for one that I've basically invested zero, like like next to nothing in my. FPL defense. I don't have that six million striker or that six million defender like you have in Matt Doherty, which is probably you know a little bit more irritating that I have to deal with a kind of you know I don't have that easy option to just drop down to a four point five and then collect you know a cool one point five million which you do, but um I yeah but you've got the you've got a pricier third midfielder. Yeah, you, know, you had Son there, who's now Bruno, yeah. right? Well, he is, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you've got that's you freed up the funds to do that. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of you're, you're kind of saying you're jealous you don't get to drop down to a four point five defender, but you already have him. I kind of jealous. I kind of thinking, oh, should I get rid of Doherty now with a home game against Newcastle? That looks like a good game. I would like to drop him to someone like Lamptey. Lamptey went off injured with a bit of a knock uh, just before. He got his clean sheet, which was probably to the frustration of people who played him this week. But he looks unreal. Yeah. He looks like the sort of player I, I need to get on my team. You know, I'm not really even looking at their fixtures. No, I'm pretty happy. I had a, a Lamptey on the bench this week. But as I mentioned online, like, yeah, no, super happy to have him in the squad. Because uh, I do think he looked great. He did come off before the 60-minute mark, which will be a real kick in the nuts for anyone that was playing him this week. For me, it kind of made it a bit more bearable that I'd made the wrong decision. I had played, like I asked, I put out a poll there this week on whether or not I should bench Lamptey, Dyer or Shea Adams. And I think it was pretty even. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think like the majority said bench Adams. And I had already kind of decided I was going to bench Lamptey and because I didn't, because St. Maximin was playing Brighton. I knew I was playing St. Maximin didn't want two of my teams kind of clashing in regards to you know Newcastle versus Brighton and so and yeah Southampton versus Spurs I was like no I'll just fuck it I'll go hopefully you know it's if, if Southampton scores Adams and if uh, they don't they keep a clean sheet or if he doesn't they keep a clean sheet and I can I think I was a bit unlucky in the regards of Adams kind of delivering a one-point return. That was a... When you watched the match, did you watch the match, James? Uh, I saw the highlights. Uh, I was out furniture shopping at the time, so uh, didn't, I had alerts set on my phone. And I saw uh, Doherty assist. I went, yes, 
take that goal ruled out damn then Sun got a goal I was like oh that's not good a lot of people sold him this week and I was like hmm I think Jerome might have even sold him then I saw Sun got another goal then a third I then a fourth and I was like where the if I had sold him or not uh no, I just I think I remember I just remembered that you had were talking about selling him, and I was like, did I check his team? Did he actually sell him? He's like, yeah, he definitely sold him. I just remembered. I didn't go back double checking. Uh, I was too busy, you know, sitting on poofs and stuff like what that. What you do in your spare time, Seamus, is up to you. <laughs> but no, Shea Adams, you know, I was I felt like it was I was very unlucky to not see any return. A great save yeah. uh, from Lloris in the first half. He also smashed a post. Yeah, More kind of, a bit more profligacy than I would have liked from my 6.0, now 5.9 forward. Um, but Dems are the breaks, as I said, at the top of the show. And Southampton have a, I think, a decent fixture against Burnley's side that just, you know, conceded four goals to Leicester at home. Or were they at home? I don't remember if they're at home. They probably weren't. But uh, they just conceded four goals to Leicester, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep him this week. Hopefully, I get a bit a bit more luck. But I did feel unlucky, not so unlucky with the McCarthy zero point return because yeah, as you said, Southampton getting their tactics tactics completely wrong there. I wouldn't say they got them completely wrong. It was that they failed to adapt once the game had changed. Do you get me? Because I mean, at the start of the match. Uh, Southampton could have had a goal or two. They could have been, you know, up at half time. Yeah, they look. They 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 had created chances, and like you said, Adams, you know, he had that one that one save in particular where I thought he was definitely going to score. Uh, so yeah, a bit unlucky in that way. But look, that's why you pay the small bit extra for Ings, I guess. You know, because Ings gets, you know, he got a nice goal, and then he seems to be on penalties. That's not something that hasn't been mentioned. It was always Ward Prowse on penalties and it appeared that Ings was taking him at the end of last season to get to the golden boot, which he didn't quite get to in the end. But Ward Prowse was on the pitch when he took this one. So it was, uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe it was because it was, it was a nothing goal. It was like this, the, this, their second goal at the end of a 5-2 loss. So maybe that's the only reason why. I but, think if I'm Danny yeah, you gotta and think... I'm sitting in the Southampton team, I'm telling whoever that I'm taking the fucking penalty uh, like I'm the striker I just nearly got the golden boot last year had my most successful you know season in the Premier League I'm taking fucking penalties uh, and I don't know it would be a a stone cold hearted man to turn down that Danny Ings smile you know that cheeky you saw when he, like I was a bit pissy when he scored the first goal because like oh yeah typical Ings gets his goal there's my clean sheet gun and Adams says fuck all to do with it. After getting booked for holding Larissa's hand like a moron, it was uh, it was just who did Adams? That's how we picked Adams up his yellow card. Didn't yeah, didn't just you know, that. slowing the keeper down, preventing a bit of a a counter attack, but not doing it yeah. intelligently enough to not get fucking booked for it. And um, yeah, he had that cheeky Ings grin, and I was thinking to myself. Yeah, maybe like Ings and Jimenez kind of both picking up from where they left off last season. Ings scored. No, he did. Mm-hmm. They lost one the last week. He didn't score last week, but he has the two, two and two now. And uh, Jimenez also has two and two. So maybe there's like no assembly required. You know what your FBL team is based on what it was last year because these guys, they don't seem to be slowing down. Um, but new man to the league this season but one we'll be familiar with from a couple back, as you mentioned already, Seamus, really pumped our scores up somewhat something mighty this week. Uh, like, I got 46. You never asked, by the way. But I got 46. I was, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got... No, as in, like, I I was going to ask you, like, you were telling me through all your team a while ago, and I was like, I have no idea what your actual score is. <laughs> and I was going to ask you, but we, we got too caught up in the... Uh, the fantasy part of FPL here uh, that we yeah we got caught up in our talking about players so 46 46 okay. I've and what does that leave you on total currently no I haven't looked at this post City Wolves match but I've you know before that I've dropped down to 1.2 mil so you know more than doubled my rank this week an absolute kind of stinker of a week after a somewhat successful game week one but getting back to the, the man of the hour Mitrovic who really pumped up our teams and uh, delivered a 12 point haul all three bonus points which I must admit I was very surprised at uh, and two goals again he's on penalties it seems to it was the talk of the town last week lots of podcasts talking about you know the uh, 
the you know the effect of penalty takers and whatnot. And this week, I don't think it's really proved to be any different. Um, you know, just like Ings Mitrovic bagging his owners two you know twelve two goals, twelve points. You must have been pretty sweet uh, looking at that, Seamus. Going forwards, are you? Does that mean you're not worrying about Ings now, or what's the crack? Yeah, the uh, the problem in my team is probably like Timo Werner. You think so? Um, he's got one assist. Yeah, he's got one assist in two games, and one of those games was against Chelsea, and he won a penalty in that one. He would have had a it's second bright. assist had Jorginho. No, in the most Liverpool, recent game against Liverpool, he would have had an assist had uh, Jorginho been able to actually score. I'm not used to seeing him miss penalties, so when Allison saved that, I was like, oh, surprise. Because I thought that was a nail down. first penalty he missed. But, yeah. Jorginho's. Jorginho's, yeah. In the Premier League, anyway, at least. I, I'm not, I couldn't tell you, but he had an amazing record in Italy before that. Might be his first miss in like five or six seasons. Um, yeah, he has that kind of stuttering kind of technique he takes and usually sends the keeper the wrong way, but... Uh, Surprised to see him miss one assist so out of the first two games for Werner. And yeah, while he's shown a lot of promise, and he's been like the bright spark in that Chelsea team. He's looked good pacey. He's had so what's your issue? two half chances. Yeah, all the other players and forwards in the league are scoring goals. <laughs> Calvert-Lewin's on four. Uh, all these other players are on two. He hasn't got one yet. So it's all well and good looking promising. Yeah. That's a problem, Aaron. So he's got this week against West Brom. There's no way I'm selling against West Brom, who shipped, what is it now? Uh, eight goals in two games? Yeah, two, four, right? two, four, uh, you know, concede, two, four goal matches, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think eight, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... Um, did they concede four in the first game, was it? Or three? Yeah, you're dwelling on it. <laughs> yeah. What well, we say goals, way, they five. But you got to think, is that just because they got a guy sent off against Everton? But um, yeah, I think Chelsea could, who haven't looked great, they're one good performance away from it kind of clicking. So I don't think I can get rid of Werner this week. But I want Jimenez. I want, you know, all these players that are scoring goals. Well, I think now. that's the question. Well, like, I don't agree with you. I don't think Werner is a, a problem area in my team. I would be more concerned, I suppose, with the likes of, as I mentioned, Shea Adams, Mitrovic, um, but I do, I completely agree that I do want Jimenez. I just don't know if I want, I probably won't be sacrificing Werner for Jimenez. I'll probably combine the mighty power that is Shea Adams and Alexander Mitrovic and turn him into some kind of Jimenez. How easy that's going to be, I don't know. I guess I'll have to start squeezing pennies here and there. But uh, Werner has got West Brom this week and then a home match against Chelsea or against Crystal Palace and then a home match against Southampton. Tuffy against United, Burnley, Sheffield, Newcastle. Eh, I mean, as you said, if he had got that, if Jorginho had converted that penalty against Liverpool and he had all of a sudden had two assists in two games, looked, you know, very... I'm, I'm holding a scissors up, actually. didn't realise that. I'm on camera now. I can't very be pointing trendy. scissors at people. But if he had got that return against Liverpool... um. And I didn't expect anything from Ferner in that game. I was expecting maybe a little bit more in the Brighton match. So if he's coming out with like 12, 13 points over two games, I'm pretty happy with that going into the West Brom match. But I suppose it is all about whether or not you want to have your Ings and your Jimenez. I mean, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, just like looking at the forwards who've, who've done things like uh, players like Bamford's got two goals and two assists now in the last couple of games. Kane got one goal, four assists there. Calvert-Loon's got four goals already. Vardy had two goals in one game. Like Sets on two goals. Richarlison's on, what, three assists the last game. Mitrovic has got two goals. Yeah, got everyone two goals. knows who's got, got the points. Like They can look at the website. Do you know, the issue is, yeah. you know, is Werner uh, a problem area in your team, you know? Well, I would just say in the list of forwards who are playing well, he's like eighth on the list. So, so yes, you're kind of saying I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's a problem area, but like he's kind of like well he'd want to start scoring because all these other because I've gone with I've gone with Werner and if anyone else who's gone you know cheap strikers they could have Mitrovic, Malpe and Bamford they're R- R- Calvert Lewin you know they're rolling at the points <laughs> even if they went premium and they went Kane yeah you know, it's well I just, suppose that's one player we haven't know. talked about like Malpe I mean tough match this week against United well we hope it's a fucking tough match against United we don't know who knows who knows uh, but uh, you know not the worst fixtures after Everton Crystal Palace and West Brom he's kind of he put a like Brighton are looking like the 
team I was kind of hoping for at the start of the season. They're kind of continuing, I think, the form they had towards the end of last season in regards to just looking like a more um, in-tune outfit. Do you know, I think for, I like what Potter's do. It's Potter. I like what Potter's doing yeah. um, at the moment. And we talked about Lamptey looking phenomenal there against Newcastle, all 57 minutes of it. But I think in general, the bigger picture, Brighton look uh, like a much more cohesive unit than they did at the start of last season. And they offer some great value yeah, there. Like, I did. mean, are you looking... Do you think their fixtures are still that little bit, you know, niche, niche, or Akia? Niche, niche, or Akia. Okay, I'm not sure. But let's have a, <laughs> I'll have to have a look at their fixtures. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Lamptey and you mentioned Trossard. Or you mentioned uh, Mopé, but Trossard is a player who I was, who's struck my fancy a small bit here in the last couple of games. He's looked very good. Um he's what he's got a golden assist eight points and six points these first two games um yeah everton away is pretty tough you have to say so united at home you'd hope that's tough you'd hope united are going to bounce back a bit um ever everton away yeah tough one crystal palace away tough one. they're kind of tough to be honest they're not easy i'm not expecting a lot of goals there might be a goal or two maybe yeah i think i think they're one to watch i think you know they've, they've there's no need to go in them i i don't think that's where i'm going to be trying to find value you know they do look better i think they'll be based on what i've seen so far hopefully i think they'll be safer um more kind of closer to kind of 13 to 14 position maybe it's not something they're in a relegation battle till the end of the season so yeah i think there'll there'll be times during the year to kind of go in on those players but i'm not really looking right now i don't really like their next trade fair enough i can get you uh i get where you're coming from and i do completely agree with you in regards to trossard i owned him for a brief spell at uh last season before he picked up that knock and uh yeah i i hopefully get him back in the team uh again at some stage this year and uh, if he keeps that kind of that bit of form that you're seeing in the last like did you it's that it's that price point, the six million kind of mark. There's not a whole lot around there at the minute. It's a few six point fives, you know, you know, point five more. Maybe you want to go Foden. Man City scored tonight. He did. And what's the score in that match? I assume it's over now. That's finished. Yeah, I'll just double check it here. But it was two one um, when I spoke. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it finished two one. They were kind of celebrating. Oh no, it was three one. There was a third Ooh. goal. Oh, it must have been a late goal for City. Uh, Jesus got a late goal. That's going to set the tongue's wagon. And it brings us nicely into our next section. This week, folks, we're going to cast an eye upon Wildcard and all of its glorious, you know, content. Seamus, as I alluded to in the intro, has devilishly, a devilishly suggested he might be wildcarding this week. Now... I must admit that since we recorded, uh, you know, the intro to the start of this podcast, if you're listening to this in the highlighted section, then uh, you won't have a clue what I'm talking about, most likely. But, um, yeah, basically, all before the Marcel injury slash, you know, Vinagre getting his, possibly getting his place back in the Wolves team, Seamus is all set to go for a wild card. So I'm just kind of setting the stone, setting the story here and letting you know that, you know, we're not trying to blue balls you. If he doesn't wild card, it was not intended. This isn't a clickbait fucking headline. But we are going to do a bit of wild card talk and let's get down to the nitty gritty, Seamus. What teams are you targeting if you are wild carding? Uh, it would be Everton and Wolves. Um, those would be the two. I would like a piece of that Spurs action. I don't want Doherty at the moment, but I would want maybe Son or Kane. Surprised how central Son played. So those are the kind of teams I think I can imagine. As I said on Sunday when I was um, I was texting in the group chat, I was like, "Gotta play the wildcard. Gotta pull that that wildcard." The plan, the like the whole people are saying, stick to the plan. The plan involves getting rid of the Mane. Plan works. So the plan works. The plan is not working. <laughs> Okay. I'm at 3 million OR at the moment. Um, I've got a red arrow from like a, even after a poor first game week. It's uh, not going to plan. I have a flag on St. Maximum. Uh, one of my subs, Basuma, got sent off this week. Venagra wasn't playing. Uh, I've got Vardy up against Man City. And I've got Aubameyang, uh, who's about to play Liverpool next. Uh, these are not good. Like My plan transfer was Aubameyang to De Bruyne. But if I do that, I'm going to be playing... 
uh, like Justin against Man City, Vardy against Man City, and Reed for Fulham. Yeah. Now, say Maximum may recover. Uh, Vinagra, if uh, we'll have to look at what's happening with Marcel. If the comments from Nuno after the game suggest he might miss a game or two, then Vinagra will stay in the team, and I won't. That's one less transfer I have to make. Um, I can sit with Dardy, even though I'm not really enjoying having him at the moment. I can sit with him for another week or two. Uh, I think I might just make a two transfers a week and go for a hit. Take a hit. Well, uh, but look, I could like if I do go wild card. Your sorry, your original question was what would I do with yeah. a wild card? And uh, yeah, I would have. You're triple supposed wall. to I be have... wetting the appetite and tickling those testicles of people looking for you know a bit of wild card information right now. And you're pissing on me, telling me that all of a sudden I'll just take a hit. Fuck wild cards. Is that what we've got right now, Seamus? Uh, no, if you can imagine, look, the team t- to have in the next few is, is Wolves. Let me go through these tantalizing fixtures, yeah. okay? <laughs> they've got Wolves, or sorry, West Ham away, okay, in game week three. Then they've got Fulham at home, Leeds away, Newcastle at home, Crystal Palace at home. Those are three really nice home games, Fulham, Newcastle, and Crystal Palace in the next five. Away games are West Ham, newly promoted Leeds. Leeds who seem to be kind of leaving the back door open, really, uh, for to try and be more creative. So, I would like to have Jimenez. I'd like to have a defender for those games, be it Sice or, Tell me. you know, actually it would be Sice if I'm let, let me hit you with this right now. And I don't know yeah. if we've talked about it too much yet because my brain is not what it used to be, but Podence, or Podence, as I've heard him pronounce, but it's Podence. He has banged in another assist this evening. I believe he scored last week, Seamus. Am I right? I'm, I mix. Yeah, he scored yeah. last week. Followed that up with assist against City. Seems to have nailed down his starting spot for Wolves, especially with Jota's you know, departure to Liverpool. Now, I don't know if I'm being a little premature with that uh, in regards to maybe Neto has that starting spot, but... All things considered, my opinion right now is that Podence is it's his spot to lose unless of unless a, a formation change or whatnot. He has looked extremely yeah. li- lively, and he was touted um, pre-season. Like I, I can't think of a whole lot, and I'm sure there's loads of people, but I do know like at FBL Mariner, I spoke with him casually on Twitter, and he mentioned Podence, and you know, it it, it pricked my ears a five point five midfielder. Uh, you know that could get a starting spot against Wolves. He looks to me more of a shorting than the likes. Of, not shorting, but more of a, uh, a a more significant player to own than Adama Traore at the moment. Uh, well, Adama Traore is playing the fullback kind of wing back position. Um, he still looks. Anytime I've watched him, he still looked incredibly threatening. Um, even though he doesn't have Doherty or someone behind him, and he's starting further back the pitch. Uh, they mentioned in commentary at one stage today that it might actually suit him better to start from a deeper position and build up a head of steam yeah. because if he's builds up a head of steam, there's no stopping him. But whereas if he starts actually higher up the pitch, then well, I don't think that's the case because I think his acceleration is what gives him the key. I think he actually is better when he gets the other player to slow down and gets him to stop and then go past him. That's my own thoughts on that. But yeah, yeah, Podence, you think, is better value than him? I think 6.5 for a defender kind of playing kind of out of position is not something I want to spend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Podence, I should I should correct you as well. Uh, he didn't score last week. He got an assist. So that's two assists in two weeks. Um, but he does look really, really good. And I watched a bit of the game today. He had two or three really good chances. One, he inexplicably let through his legs when he would have been better off shooting. Another one, he chipped just, um, he was one-on-one. He just chipped it over the bar and landed on the roof of the net. He, I think he's going to improve. I think as soon as I saw Jota when was signing for Liverpool, I was like, hang on, that means this guy is nailed. The only thing I, reason I didn't have him in my game week one team is because I thought him, Treore and Neto would all take minutes off each other. And he looks like he's going to get more minutes now than uh, I thought he might. So I think he could be a really good option to come in for, for um, say, Maximum. But, you know, could also just I have the extra money from going from Aubameyang to, Bruno, or to De Bruyne that I could go for uh, a second Man City player and get Foden in. Yeah, so another, as you said, like City now coming into play pretty, um, you know, it's 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 done 3-1. KDB has scored from the spot. All things being ticked off that, like, in general, we were, we were expecting Jesus maybe kind of starting up front, starting playing out wide. 
KDB doing his usual midfield mastery and taking pens. Uh, it's all gone to plan a little bit. So, you know, for anyone that is wildcarding right now, you mentioned Foden there. What's your three city players in order? Do not think about it. Good instinct. Go. Three players to have. Uh, De Bruyne is number yep. one. Uh, I think Foden's great value, and then it's got to be between Sterling and uh, Jesus. I think I might. I would go for Jesus if it wasn't for the fact that all the other strikers are in such good form. So Sterling would be the other one to go with. But three City midfielders, especially with two of them priced at eleven point five or more, might be a bit too much. So I might only go with two. But if I, you know, if I am wildcarding this week. I'll be packing in Man City players in there as well. That's the reason why I'm considering that. They're back on. They're back in here now. The pictures aren't great, but they score enough goals that it doesn't really matter. I'm not too concerned about those. Comparing that to United, United do go on runs and they do go quiet for a few. So, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm almost rethinking. Is Bruno? Do I need Bruno? He's on penalties. Yes, I think he's going to be excellent value over the season. But now I'm I'm just getting buyer's remorse here no, at the moment. A bit with Seamus, him. That's uh, that leads us perfectly into a question from Tom Mariarty this week at one Tom Mariarty. He asks, should we go without Man United midfielders for a few weeks until they get back on the right drugs? He's asking for an idiot who sold Son for Bruno, and he's thinking he was being clever. I'm completely with you, Tom. I'm in the same boat. He's asking on your behalf, is he? Yeah, well, I would assume so. I mean, he's asking for an idiot. So there we go. Ticks the boxes as far as I'm concerned for myself. But yeah, should we go without many United midfields? Field players, Seamus. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'm just going to pull up their fixtures here again to remind myself. At the time, I remember looking at it, everyone was saying, oh, they've got the best op- some of the best opening fixtures. They do pretty decent. I wasn't I mean, 100- they're, they're starting... They're good, like... They're good, but I mean, their home games are tough. Like, their next three home games are Spurs, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Those are the games where they dominate. They usually struggle a bit away from home. Yeah. Especially Martial. Martial is a home player. And, uh, yeah, if their next games are against... He didn't score against Crystal Palace. And then they've got to welcome... Spurs, Old Trafford. They could win all of these games, but they could be tight. I don't think they're going to be open, high-scoring affairs. I think Ole's kind of showing the board. He's proving a point that he needs investment in the squad. And he's going, look, I'm only like one injury away from starting Dan James. And look, he's pretty useless. So, yeah, I I don't know. I Bruno's the guy to have, I think, for penalties. Rashford could be good, but I don't think he's looked you're, the exact you're same the since looking, he suffered that back you're injury. You're the man looking at wildcard this week, Seamus. Like, if you were wildcarding right now, you have Fernandez in your team. Does he stay in your team? I don't think he does necessarily. I think he might really? come out if I'm wildcarding. Yeah. Um, does that mean you you consider right the likes of Salah again, or are you just dropping money down? No, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm coming away from Liverpool as well for a couple of games, and then maybe come, looking to come back to them in a while. I think um, I might keep Bruno. It depends on the budget. See, what happened with me was I looked at that last night, left it too late, and I was like, I can't make all the transfers I want right now. I knew uh, De Bruyne wasn't going to go up, and I knew Aubameyang wasn't going to go down. I held off on pulling the trigger because I just I felt like once I've pulled the wildcard button, there's no cancelling it. Literally. So I said, look, I'll, I'll let Sun go up to 0.1 again. He's, he dropped previously, so he's back up to 9. Still great value. Um, and now I might have I might have looked into a position where if Ben Agra is going to start next game, I can just maybe take a minus four and not have to, to take the hit. But I think if I was wildcarding, I'm going to have De Bruyne in there and I might have Sterling as well or Jesus. Sterling plays much better when Jesus is up front. And the amount of times KDB slipped him in tonight and like that's how Foden got his goal. Sterling pulled it back from him. But there's a lot of times where Sterling was played in. Uh yeah, I'll see. Let's see. City's games still aren't essential, but Man United, I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks. Yeah, fair enough. And that's coming from uh, United fans. So I mean, that's I think that's I'd agree with that. Um, just before we wrap up wildcard talk, Seamus, any other teams that you're looking at? I mean, we mentioned Leicester uh, on the full the full you know linked podcast, and I mean, there's a lot of people that maybe had a bit of Leicester action prior to Man City and Man United coming back to likes of a Harvey Barnes, uh, Jamie Vardy. Now that Leicester have, you know, one, two and two and as we mentioned, tough one this week against City, but West Ham and Villa up at home after that. 
and uh, leads, you know, the game after their Arsenal match. Do you like? Would you advise wild carding managers to jump off of any Leicester assets or? Yes, yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, no, I think. Look, I think Justin is still great value. We'll just bench him against Man City this week. Then he's got two lovely home games against uh, West Ham and Villa. I'm tempted to keep Vardy because uh, because of those two home fixtures in game weeks four and five. We know he always does well against Arsenal. That's game week six. Uh, then Leeds, game week seven. These are all good games. Man City is the only tough one. I'm thinking of just riding it out. Um, even if I was on wildcard, I might just keep him. If I didn't, I would have a plan to get him in in game week four. So it depends. You know, you could just, you know, if you wildcard and set it up correctly, you could just use your game week four transfer to get him back in. But he's the only one in, uh, in Leicester I'm really interested in at the moment. Harry Barnes does look good. But I just think I want to get the striker in, the penalty taker. This season in FPL, it's FPL's getting a bit more boring in the sense that you just have to go for the penalty takers. That's where mm. I went wrong game week one. You know, there like it was almost written the stars that Manny would score two goals this week. When he got one, I knew he'd get a second. Yeah, well, just, I mean, like that's how things always balance out with Salah and Manny over the course of a season. I just gambled in game week one that maybe Manny would get the goals then, and I'd sell him in game week two. No, I get you. Went the other way. Went the other fair way. enough, fair enough. I guess that wraps up our wild card section, folks. Um, just while we're here, if you are listening to this, uh, we pl- we ask you to please subscribe, like, and all of the things that you know by now. The button's below. Uh, it really does help. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to us talk shit about wild cards. Moving on to our next episode next section of the episode it is a return for the fpl hangover podcast mini league all in one boom i got it out and uh, i don't have completely up-to-date rankings here but i'm sure seamus will correct me as i go along but we didn't mention this last week because we kind of recorded before the leagues were completely updated and now that we kind of have a bit more info uh looking at it here last week finishing on number one was at fbl crypto he has you know followed up his kind of ridiculously good start to the season with another fantastic game week and that's bringing him up to a i think something like a 164 total 86 and uh, like He's being pushed by second place, or I think it might be joint first place now. Damien McCallan, Dunfanahy 11. Seamus, you've got the up-to-date facts there in front of you. I know you do. I can see your... your... I've got the up-to-date one Who's right number now. one? And, uh, Damien McCallan is on 165. You're right, Calburn is 164. Ooh. So there's... McCallan is a point ahead at this stage. And that comes down to... Phil Foden goal today. Um, that was the big difference, and uh, put him in put him in front. They both scored uh, eighty two and eighty six points this week. So, yeah, they did well. Yeah, no, it's it's a tight one there at the moment, but only two weeks in. So you know, fucking long haul left. Third place, Anthony Clark dropping down from. Uh, I actually know he would have been first. I think last week, uh, he, he was. was Chicken Caesar Salah. He had another. He had a great week. One seven uh, or seventy five points. One eight two in total. One six two to- in total. Excuse me. I am literally going blind. It's the cheap vodka, but uh, yeah, he's ha- he's having another blinder. And Rossi's is into number four as well this week with an eighty point return. That's right. And number five, Shavendra Ray. We live on Earth. Six one six seventy eight. So that's the top five. Uh, they're already putting us to shame. Seamus, did you know your name had yeah. shame in it? Yes, I have been made aware of that over the course of my many years on I this earth. I feel like it's it's something uh, I'm just coming to realize. It now. should be still should still be pointed out. Should still be pointed. It also rhymes with famous, so you can make a famous Seamus kind of rhyme as well. Or shameful famous Seamus. That never happens. No. No. Yeah, you're just you're stretching now. Yeah. I think you're rein it in. Uh, I will say this: looking at our league, almost absolutely everyone went for Aubameyang captain. There's a couple of souls out there that went for Salah. And then you get down to the bottom of the league, you got some mad bastards going for all sorts. But yeah, mostly like it is 95% Aubameyang captain this week. So yeah, it seems to be a, a majority consensus on that. Yeah, I was the same. We I like looked at the mini league, our own personal kind of old school mini league there um, at the start of the game week, as I always do. And I was 
very surprised to see Aubameyang just pretty much, you know, the dominant captain. Um, not, I mean, just because, as you said, there's a couple of mad bastards in that league that could go with anybody. And to see such a unanimous kind of decision uh, this early in the season, I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And there's a, there's a few Spurs fans in there too as well. So I was uh, surprised not to see a few more Harry Kane or Sun captains. But this comes back to what, you know, you did by getting rid of Sun this week. I think Spurs showed zero you know you know uh form going into this game where son and kane got those 22 and 24 points from is mystifying uh, i don't think anyone saw that i mean that's that story told by the numbers with the amount of people who sold son this week i think there was like half a million people I sold them you. crazy numbers I... and uh i i wouldn't when that happened i was like i for one moment don't even blame anyone for selling son last I, week. I i take that Seamus, and i'm grateful for it because i said it i don't think i made necessarily a bad transfer um i mean obviously with hindsight it was obviously the wrong decision because you hold off one more week based on points but it's something i think i would do 95 times out of 100 do you know it was in the it was planned if i hadn't like set up if i hadn't been able to set my team up uh, in game week one where I was able to leave 1.5 in the bank which is what it took to go from Sun to Bruno then I would have just waited the extra game week which was the plan it was like if I can't do it I pass it on and in mm. game week three I go KDB Bruno right in but as it turned out I could afford it and um, I think on paper the Crystal Palace match you know it seemed ripe for the plucking I don't Oh, it's just it's hurting me more now that I'm talking you know, about it. <laughs> you know, you know what it comes down to. You know what it comes down yeah. to, Jer. Um, Spurs weren't as bad as we thought in game week one. It just turns out that Everton are actually much better than we thought they were going to be, which was shown in their their result in game week two as well against West Brom. And also, Southampton are actually way worse at the moment than we thought they were going to be. Um, it's kind of like the start of last season when they you know, had that hockey in from Leicester and it really took that to wake them up and actually all like start concentrating, getting on the same page. They've got good players that when they're all firing, firing on all cylinders, they've got a good team. But when they're not, they do have a few players who are not the best. So I think we didn't realize going into it how poor Spurs were or how poor Southampton were. We thought it might have just been a blip. We probably over estimated how poor Spurs were against Everton it just turns out they were against a good team and they were good against Everton for a good bit of the first half um, it's just that Everton this year are much better so that's why I'm going back to Drew's question earlier I think we it's not too late to get on Everton that's uh, not what you said a while ago <laughs> no I said I said if I was wildcarding I definitely have uh, Dominic Calvert-Loon on my team um, I think I would have at least one Everton attacker maybe two yeah, um, yeah and even Dean I think I'd rather have Dean in my team now than uh, than Doherty to be honest but I don't think I would triple up on Everton at the same time it's I still think I would like to two. no I'm with you and I think D- DCL is the is the man to go for but uh, looking forward Seamus that's the mini league out of the way game weeks do we have the codes or yeah we, we do give have that code. code it's right here in front of me I really need to share this on the, the social media uh the mini league code for anyone listening, and we please it. Uh, you know, we ask you please to join. When why not? The more the merrier. E H four H H seven. E for Echo. H for Harlot. Four for Harry Kane. The other H is for Har- the hooker. second hooker. Yeah, and seven is for the movie seven, which I really really enjoy. So that's E H four. HH7. Um, but yeah, that's the mini league out of the way. Before we wrap up, Seamus, what about Game Week 3? I mean, the episode is called Game Week 3 Preview. So, I mean, we should at least at least tell me your hot shot. Like, what player do you think is an essential? I know I said it. I wish I had sound bites. Ugh. Not the not the e word, not the e word. Game week three. I think um, we're, we're allowed to say essential when we're talking about one game week. It's hard to say it after one game, but Man City are after beating a good Wolf side tonight. Um, and I had this fixture targeted in game week three when I was looking at potential captains. Um, I'm looking at either Man City that fixture, Man City player, which would be Kevin De Bruyne. Um, they had beat them five 0 last year, I believe, as well. Spurs against Newcastle, one of their two 
forwards there, Son or Kane. Or you've got Chelsea away to West Brom. Those are the ones that stand out. United away to Brighton as well. They beat them pretty bad, pretty good last year. But United aren't in form. I'm going to say Kevin De Bruyne is the player I'm most likely to captain if I get him in this week. But that's Spurs team. I don't I don't even know what to make of Spurs at the moment. Newcastle look very Spurs. poor. Spurs? What's Spurs? Uh, Spurs got to I'm talking about Spurs and Man City, and which of those two I think has oh, got the better fixture. <laughs> well, you were talking about yeah. KDB no, and going, going, oh, Spurs, man. Maybe maybe, I, maybe, I should be doing this with my hands more. Spur, Man City, Spurs. I'm just trying to weigh yeah. it up. Um, but yeah, I think if I go for a Man City player like uh, De Bruyne, I think he's probably going to be my captain. I think he's my heavy hitter, but... Keep an eye on that Spurs one. I wouldn't be surprised if your hot shots coming from that game. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, I forgot for a second we were talking about hot shots. And I was like, but you don't have any Spurs. Why would you be talking about Spurs, you mentalist? But uh, yeah, no, no, that's a good shout. And you're right. Um, I'm going to go with the man who stung me last week. I think Son, he's going to continue to punish me. I just I feel it in my waters. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, he's going to score at least five this week he's going to up his performance from last week he scored four it's it's a definite five a hat trick and a half uh, you know a man a man who never got uh like a hat trick before for spurs at least in the premier league suddenly getting his hat trick uh, not even getting a hat trick but getting ending up with Double four uh, it was kind of inevitable wasn't yeah. it and like yeah yeah he's he's always good for he had six double digits um returns last season so you know he can do them but he usually does them at home not away yeah and the only thing i will take a little bit of solace in is that i'd imagine the vast majority of managers who still have sun in their team are looking eagerly at man city that was probably their plan now i'm not taking into consideration those who've hit the big wildcard button but anyone who was thinking you know like myself I will make my my two transfers in game week three and I'll bring in the City United cover. They're going to be second guessing themselves. And at least I can, you know, I can be grateful that I've already jumped off that fucking cliff. But going forwards and looking at our long shots, our puck fathers for game week three, Seamus, if you were to take a little bit of a punt, if you needed to make a bit of cash, not necessarily on your wild card, but you're just, you know, you're free hitting. You're going mad. Tell me a cheap player that you might consider this week. Uh, Pudence yeah. is the player we discussed him earlier. He's only 5.5. He could come in for me uh, as a replacement for Zim Maximam. You know, he's only 1.3% owned. He's getting away to West Ham. Don't like West Ham at the moment. And uh, I, I think I, he would be the guy I would be looking at. Yeah. Cheap, lowly owned. That's that. That'd be my puck father this week. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's tough to to beat that one. I suppose I'm not even gonna try because because uh, <laughs> did I did you I steal your my pick? pick? And I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> even have the the gumption to even try look up another one and and. I give you. I'll give, give you. Another give one. me. A, give me you. a second pick. Give me your B pick. Dwight McNeil against Southampton. Southampton look really poor at the moment. They're at home. We know Burnley are. Are a pretty good team. Um, yeah, they were beaten uh, by Leicester this week. Uh, but I think Dwight McNeil, I think he got an assist in that game. He's always shown good promise. Um, yeah, he's fast. <laughs> he puts in good crosses. I just see too many upside, too much upside no, to him. I'm with you, think, James. Yeah. I'm with you. Burnley are back in action now. They've got Southampton, Newcastle, West Brom in the next three. So it's not like you know, even a, a one-week-only shout. He's got a couple of nice fixtures uh, following that up that, you know, maybe uh, maybe he is something. And we did talk about Dwight McNeil at the start of the season. We know what he's capable of, especially for the kind of the price range that he's in. That's a great shout, Chance. I will gladly adorn... I, the- I'm surprised I've gone for him instead of Wood. Wood is also, like, ju- almost the same price and just as lowly owned. So, yeah, maybe maybe, uh, maybe I can change that to Wood, maybe, instead. Is this your pick or my pick? For okay. you, can I change it on your behalf? Yeah, you can. I'll take. I think I could apply nearly everything I've said to for about Dwight McNeil to Wood. Now that's quite possibly because you know what we say is so vague and and unspecific that you know it's uh, <laughs> like tarot card readers or uh, 
these kind of guys yeah. are. Yeah, you will get in an arrow this week, you know. Um, and then they yeah. go off and get a fucking the the elusive hyphen or dash or whatever way you want to call it. That's a good. That's a good bunch of puck fathers, Podence and either Wood or McNeil. We'll call him Chris McNeil meets Dwight Wood. Why not? Dwight Wood sounds like uh, sounds like an actor from a load of B movies in the nineties. <laughs> you know, just maybe even moved into porn once uh, everything dried up a little bit. Yeah, once once the script stopped <laughs> once coming. the script stopped coming. I think we can wrap up this episode right here, folks. Uh, thanks for listening, Seamus. You have all the nitty gritty shit in front of you. Yeah. So, guys, get liking if you're watching on YouTube. Get liking, subscribing, sharing, commenting. You know. Um, if you do have any questions, fire them into us, please. Look, you can get us on email the old-fashioned way, which is fplhangover at gmail.com. But primarily, if you want to interact with us, get on Twitter. We're at fplhangover. I'm at fpldrunk. You can DM us. Um, you know, you can tag us. Any questions, we'll put out the call each week, usually on a Monday. Sometimes if we're, you know, ahead of ourselves, we'll put them out on the Sunday night. But usually it's on a Monday morning. Um, we were a bit slow off the mark today. The, this week, we didn't really do too much chasing for, for questions this week but we had enough to discuss anyway and uh yeah that's how you can get in touch with us do we have an instagram jerry we don't have Thank an instagram fuck we do not have an instagram but what we do have is a whole load of balls and some award-winning